0: May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. And please excuse me, I don't normally have to take a sip of something, but the weather is giving me a problem with my throat, and I want to keep my voice for this. So So pardon my my sipping. Uh, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. For the past few Sundays, I've been pointing out that our Gospel reading is revealing something to us about who Jesus is. This Sunday, the Gospel reading, instead of revealing something necessary about Jesus, is revealing something to us about what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. Here after Jesus has announced the blessings that we heard last week that we normally call the Beatitudes that start the Sermon of the Mount, he continues to turn to his disciples and he tells them, you, this group here, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Today, I don't think we think much about salt or light for that matter. But in the world of Jesus, both salt and light were precious. So if Jesus is telling his disciples, you are salt and light, I think we have to stop and think, well, what do we know about salt? We know it's a white crystal. It's a mineral that occurs in nature. We don't have to make it. We can just get it out of the ground. For me, I normally buy it at the grocery store in that blue box with the little girl with the umbrella on it. We also know that salt is essential to life, like you have to have salt, not too much, but you have to have salt because salt helps make up the fluid and tissue and muscles that let us walk and move around. We know that our bodies are made to detect salt. Like There's parts of our tongues that are just there to say, hey, this is salty food and you should eat it. In Jesus' day, the biggest use for salt was preserving food. In a world without the convenience of refrigeration, salt was necessary to cure and preserve meat, and to preserve vegetables that would be perishable. For us, we most likely experience salt when we talk about seasoning food. We could probably do a show of hands, we don't have to, but we could probably do a show of hands about how many people have taken a bite of soup or potatoes or for me grits and you know that there's not enough salt in that dish, right? Now you can go to the other extreme and you take a bite of something and you go, oh wait, there is way too much salt in that. But the trick about salt is if you're a good cook, when you add salt to a dish, what the person that eats that dish tastes is not so much the salt, but the depth of all the other flavors that are in that dish. So, when we add it to soup, we're not making the soup want to taste salty, but we're bringing out the flavor of potatoes and carrots and tomatoes. Salt brings those flavors forth to where our body can really taste it. So, that's some things we know about salt. What do we know about light? We know that in Jesus' day, there weren't electric lights. You had to use oil or go out and find wood in the desert to build a fire. Light was often used as a symbol for the presence of God because it allowed the darkness to be held back and allowed what was hidden to be seen. For most of us, you maybe thought for a second about light when you flipped on a light switch. I've gone in and out of the sacristy a few times this morning, turning the light switch on and off. Um, We might think about it when we light the candles for worship or when we light candles in our home or when we build a fire. Sometimes if you get lucky and you stand outside on a real clear night in Alabama, you see stars and we know that the light from those stars is traveling from thousands of miles away and has taken thousands of years to get here. If you have a mischievous little child, you might know that you can focus light with a magnifying glass and set things on fire with it. But we also know that if we pass light through a prism or if it goes through a drop of water left on a leaf, that it can be split into all the colors that make it up. The colors that we see in the world are there because light is in the world and bounces off things and comes back to our eyes. Maybe the most important thing we know about light is that the tiniest of flames can't be stopped. We can bend the light, we can break it down, we can absorb it, but we can't stop it from spreading. And so the smallest flame lets us see the beauty in the world and sometimes the ugliness of the world. So just as salt was essential to food and life was essential to life, Jesus is telling us that there are essential things about being a disciple, something that can only be salt and can only be light about being a disciple. I want to fast forward in time to this past weekend on Friday night and Saturday morning the vestry and leaders of this church met. If you were part of that group, raise your hand. You should thank them. They gave up a Friday night and a Saturday morning. It's not the most fun thing to do on a weekend, but they gave up their time to come and discuss the mission of Christ Church Fairfield. The words that that our leader used in that conversation was the core values of Christ Church Fairfield. And as I sat there and listened, what I heard instead of core values was that we were asking the question about what makes Christ Church the salt of the earth and the light of the world. In those conversations, after battling traffic on the interstate going through downtown, giving up time with family and friends. We looked at the great and wonderful things that we do at Christ Church, but we also didn't gloss over or ignore the difficulties that we have. Financial difficulties in our community, we named those anxieties and fear, but we set them to the side and centered on finding our light and our saltiness. If you've ever been to a church meeting like this, we love to use giant pieces of newsprint, so these big poster-sized pieces of paper. And through our conversations, we filled, I don't know, six or seven of these pieces of paper up, answering questions about where our passion as a church was, what made us unique, what brought what we brought out into the community. And when we had gone through all of that, we took a step back and looked for common themes, common words that showed up in the answering to all those questions. And I would dare say that we found our salt and our light. Our saltiness is the way, in the way that we preserve life and add depth of flavor to our community, both in the church and in the world, is certainly the love that we share. It is not simple, mushy, hallmark kind of love, but is Jesus' kind of love. It's the kind of love that values relationship in spite of disagreement. And it's a kind of love that really values the diversity of who we are sitting in the pews right now. It's kind of love that meets us where we are but invites us into transformation. A kind of love that notices when you miss a Sunday or running late, not to shame you but just to make sure that you're all right. It's the kind of love that says bring your fear, bring your brokenness, your anxiety to this place. And if those are too much for you to bear alone, We'll bear them with you. It's the kind of love that extends an invitation without reservation or qualification to join us into living into an abundant life given to us by Jesus Christ. In those conversations, I heard what our light is, and that our light certainly begins with our children and our dedication to offering our children love and support. They're in Sunday school right now, learning scriptures, learning the importance of giving to, for other people. And they have a community of adults that ask them how school went this week and what their report card looks like. We shine our light through the children that come to Christ Church, and we shine a light out into the community through shared meals and relationships that go beyond this building. We also shine our light through offering a worship that glorifies God and music that maybe even gets me to tap my toes and occasionally raise a hand. Our worship here is deep in the traditions of Christianity, but it breaks down barriers so that everyone that comes here can be included. I've been in churches where the folks up front in the fancy clothes seem to be doing all the worshiping and the folks in the pews just seem to sit there and receive it. But in my time here at Christ Church, I have learned that we, all of us, worship and we offer that worship to God. Amen. We're we'll going to come back to the financial anxieties and fears. We didn't leave those out of the conversation. And if you are able to make a pledge or give an offering, please do, and know that the simple act of giving, no matter how much it is, helps us to continue to be salt and light here. But money and anxiety didn't make it onto those pieces of paper that define us, because we are Christians. And as Christians, we know that we are not people of fear or of anxiety. We are people of the cross, but more importantly, we are people of the resurrection. The mission of the church is to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. We do that through our prayers, our worship, through our work of promoting justice, peace, and love, and fear and anxiety just don't make the list. The one thing that I think we, the vestry, the leaders of the church learned this weekend, is that you, us, we are what makes up Christ Church Fairfield. Our relationships to each other, the love that we share in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you, us, we are the salt and light that Jesus is talking about. Amen. So today, I invite you to be that, to be salty, to be light that can't be stopped, as only the folks of Christ Church Fairfield can be. Mm-hmm. To be in love to be love and relationship to everyone that you meet, to be mentors and friends, to welcome the stranger, to lift up God through music and prayers, to bring you, the real you, here. We don't leave the world when we come through the church doors. We bring it all in and lay it on the altar to be offered up in prayers with our community. The same way we don't leave Jesus here in the church pews. We are Christians we are salt and light every day in every place. And I invite you to carry the worship we share today out into the world with you. Amen. Be the salt in the world that gives depth and understanding to our relationships, that moves us past shouting and into conversation. Yes. Be the light in the world that not only shines on the darkness and ugliness, but also brings out the beauty of Tell the good news of God's love for all people. And always, joined hand in hand, continue to boldly pray as Jesus taught us, that it is God's kingdom come, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Amen.